You know, for all of us, it's very interesting and a little bit mysterious how we build a relationship, a meaningful relationship with someone that's unseen and supernatural. What you're trying to do is culturally very, very different. You're saying that you speak to somebody that you don't see and that we are saying you can have a relationship with that supernatural God. In fact, many of us know that we can do that. There are many people in this room today who would say, well, I have a relationship with Jesus. I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I, I have that relationship. And, and our challenge is, is to keep that relationship fresh. But in our cultural world today, we often forget that you can only have a relationship really with a person. Uh, today, we've got lots of personal assistants, haven't we? And uh, on TV, you're going to be asked uh, if you want to buy Google's Alexia, Alexa. And uh, it's almost like they're supposed to be your friend. Uh, hey, Siri. Let me see if I can get Siri up. Well, no, she, she's asleep or he's asleep. Hey, Siri. Oh, there he is. Uh, are you my friend? What a question. Of course I'm your friend. Okay, what's my favorite color? I can't read your mind, Mark. <laughs> when did I meet Kathy? Your meeting with Kathy is at 8.20 today. Can I have a hug? Interesting question. Are you going to stay with me all of my life? Sorry, Mark, I don't really know. Okay, some friend you are. <laughs> Many people are trying to substitute real relationship for virtual relationship. And we're trying to give Siri and Alexa personalities. But you can't build a relationship with anything but a person. You can't build a relationship with an impersonal force. A person has personality. And we could say a lot about, well, what does that mean, Pastor Mark? But... A personality has mind, will, and emotions. Let's just make that our definition today. A person has thoughts, makes choices, and has feelings. That's what a person has. Now, some of you think, well, my dog does that. Uh, but dogs are ruled more by instinct than, than choices, uh, in case you didn't know, by the way. We sometimes have neglected the Holy Spirit, and we've relegated him to being an impersonal force. We talk about the Holy Spirit as if he's not a person, or we talk about him as power and electricity, but he's a person, and he wants a relationship with you. 
Because he's got a mind, he has thoughts, he has emotions, and he also has a will. And because he has these three things, you can build a real relationship with him. Now, why would I want to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I just want to give you two reasons. Number one, when you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he's going to transform you. Our theme scripture for our ministry here is found in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. And we all with unveiled faces as we contemplate the Lord's glory and we reflect on him are being transformed into the image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And of course verse 17 says where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. We build a relationship with the Holy Spirit because as we do, he changes us. But you know, one of the major other reasons why we build a relationship with the Holy Spirit is is because he shares God's will for you with you. It's really important that you begin to understand God has a plan for you and the Holy Spirit is the major person who shares that with you. I was talking to one of my friends and he said, you know what, Mark, I've done a survey of the most popular seminars in Christian conferences. He says there are two. The first one is how to know the will of God. He said, if you have a how to know the will of God seminar, everybody signs up. You go to Spring Harvest and that room is packed. I said, what's the other one? He says, well, it's about sex and dating. You know, that, that's the second most popular seminars at Christian conferences. So I said to him, well, why don't we just make a mega seminar and say how, how to know God's will about sex and dating? And that would really pack the place out. But God wants to share with you his will for your life. And the way that he does that is as you come close to the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to want to do a little bit of teaching today, just, just, just gentle coaching about building a relationship with the Holy Spirit and getting to know the personality of the Holy Spirit by hearing his thoughts, learning his will, and sensing his emotions. Because that's how you build a relationship with him. For some of you are saying, does, does the Holy Spirit have emotions? You sure he does. You can grieve him. He has joy. And I'll get to it later, but, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all come with feelings. You know, and you can foster the right feelings with the Holy Spirit. But let's look at his thoughts. If you can, if you can do this quickly, if you go to Romans chapter 8, verse 27, it says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. The Holy Spirit has a mind. He has thoughts. But the major passage I want to take you to is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just just flick over there to verse 12. We have not received uh, the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak, not with words taught by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The Holy Spirit wants to give you the thoughts and the words that explain 
what God wants you to know. You know, when David was building the temple, or or before David built the temple, excuse me, Solomon built the temple, David had it downloaded in his mind. If you go to Chronicles, it says that David sat down with his son Solomon, having known that he wasn't going to build the temple. And And it actually says that he shared with him the plans and all that the Spirit had put in his mind. See, the Holy Spirit has thoughts for you that he wants to place in your mind. And how we get to hear this is, we, if you're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that, we are, uh, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now, here it is. You begin to understand spiritual truths. And your mind starts grasping that truth as the Holy Spirit starts translating those things for you. And what you have to do, if you orientate yourself spiritually, if you focus and interest yourself, that's why we've been bathing your mind in God's Word for this first 40 days, that you begin to bring your attention towards the things of God. Some people pay God no mind Monday through Saturday than expect to get blessed in church. If you orientate your mind and begin to say, what, what's on your heart, God? Let me input my mind with some word or some good things or some good relationships. And begin to orientate your heart towards the things of God. If you begin to take an interest, you know... It says about Wayne Rooney that he used to play football uh, in the street from 8 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night, even in the winter when it was dark. And he orientated his whole life towards becoming a footballer. If you put your focus on the things of God, then the Holy Spirit begins to change your mind. Can I ask you, How interested are you? If this is a duty thing, you won't hear the thoughts of God. As you orientate yourself spiritually, you will have the direction and move your life towards the direction of spiritual things. Feed the spiritual and interest will open up in you. Some of you are struggling because you're not putting a focus on things, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak and translate his thoughts into your thoughts. So, number one, if you want to build a a relationship with the Holy Spirit, put your interest in spiritual things. It's a simple thing. If I, when I first saw Kathy in church, she was playing the piano, I began to become interested in Kathy. You've got to put your interest here instead of everywhere else. And then your thoughts begin to take shape. If you want to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit, where does your interest lie? Second thing, 
the will of the Holy Spirit. If you look in the book of Acts, there's an unusual passage in in chapter 16, verse 6. It says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. What a miracle that is, to stop somebody preaching. But actually, the word kept, you may have it in the King James language, means forbidden. It means to overcome the will of someone. It means to exert your will. Now, how do you know the will of the Holy Spirit? You know the general will of the Holy Spirit and God through his word. He can tell you how to be a good husband generally through his word. But you won't find in the word of God, go and marry Kathy. She is the woman for you. You won't find that in the Word. In fact, if you have that in your Bible, please come and see me because she's already taken. You won't find specifics. So you know the specific will of God. You know the general will of God through his Word. But you know the specific will of God through his voice. And it's his voice that we need to tune into. You know God's voice when it lines up with Scripture. You know that the Bible says your word is a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. God's voice, you know it's God's voice when it stretches your face. God's voice doesn't say, oh, don't believe that. Uh, Be cautious. Don't take a risk. God's voice says, Abraham, step out of your tent. Can you count stars? Can I stretch your faith? That's God's voice. When, when your faith is stretched, you know it's God's voice when it confirms dreams and themes that you've had all of your life that you always keep coming back to and God reminds you of it. It's God's voice when, like Jeremiah, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. All through Jeremiah's life, even though he resisted it, he knew there was some sort of call on his life. You've had themes and dreams in your life for a long time, and God keeps bringing them up. That's his voice. You know it's God's voice when it lines up with Scripture, You know it's God's voice when it stretches your faith. You know it's God's voice when it confirms long-term themes and dreams that make the best of you. You know it's God's voice when it kindles something new in you that you've not had before, but when that wakes up in you, it strengthens you to closer devotion to God. Do you remember Paul? He was a, a, a... a Jew-loving, Gentile-hating, Christian-hating person. And God said to him, I've made you a light to the Gentiles that you might bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So two things in God's voice. He confirms good dreams and themes that you've had for a long time. And then he wakes up some new things But those new things draw you closer to God, make you a better Christian, move you closer in discipleship and devotion to God. I've seen some Christians who say, oh, God's told me something new. And that new thing is an absolute pain to them and everybody around them. 
What this new thing did with Paul is it made him a great Christian and moved his life in a discipleship direction. You know it's God's voice when it strengthens and comforts you. I've had lots of experience with Christians who say God's speaking to me and it's an absolute drain on their life and it upsets them. Now God will trouble you at times, but God's voice will strengthen and comfort you. Do you remember in the book of Acts it says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What's the function of prophesy? To be able to be strengthened, comforted and encouraged. You know it's God's voice when you're being strengthened. You know it's God's voice and the Holy Spirit's voice when it makes your character better. In Romans 8 verse 6 it says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Your character is strengthened. Your life is strengthened. The Holy Spirit... And him speaking to you is not there to make you weird and not there to make you on the edge of things, but actually to bring you into a discipleship direction that strengthens you. You see, we can know God's general will through his word, but you'll never hear God's specific will until you begin to attune in to God's voice. God's voice always agrees with scripture. God's voice always stretches your faith. God's voice always confirms a dream and a theme that you've had for a long time, that is godly. God's voice always drops new things into your life, but those new things move you closer in your discipleship. God's voice always comforts and strengthens you. God's voice will make your character stronger. But you know what? Very simply, God's voice draws you closer to Jesus. If what you're hearing is depressing you and driving you away, or making you a kind of, well, I'm not sure, that's not God's voice. If God's voice is saying, you didn't do enough fasting, you didn't do enough, You gave up too soon. That's not God's voice. God's voice draws you closer to Jesus. In fact, didn't Jesus say these really kind words? My sheep hear my voice. And they come to me. So so what are you hearing? Is it drawing you closer to Jesus? Or is it driving you further away? The Holy Spirit draws you closer. Can you hear an amen, church? Yeah? We need to replenish our minds with God's word and we need to open our hearts for God's voice. Number one, orientate your life more. Take an interest in the things of God and you'll begin to have the thoughts of God and you'll begin to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number two, As you wash your mind in God's word, open your heart to God's voice. And very simply, God's voice strengthens you, moves you in a good direction, and moves you closer to Jesus. Number three, 
You can build a relationship by the Holy Spirit by understanding his emotions. The Holy Spirit has strong emotions, really, and convictions. Try thinking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit without thinking about feelings. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Can you love somebody without feelings? Just turn to your wife and say, I love you. Don't do that. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Can you have joy without feelings? Some people's joy is so deep that it's just deep. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is forbearance or patience. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Can you understand that against such there's no law, but within such there are great and strong emotions and feelings that the Holy Spirit has, wants to give you, but also wants you to manage. The Scripture says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, in a long passage about relationships, saying don't steal, don't slander, don't do this, it actually talks about how we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And you know the way that we grieve the Holy Spirit is that we can hurt others. We hurt others. It's not that the Holy Spirit's a prude and he doesn't like sin because he can't stand it. Actually, the Holy Spirit gets more grieved when we hurt others because he loves the others that we're hurting. Do you remember in the book of Acts when uh, Peter went down to Samaria and there was a sorcerer there that wanted to buy the Holy Spirit and he looked at him and said, you're full of bitterness and you're a captive to sin or you're captive in iniquity. There were two things and there are two things that, that harm us. Continual attitudes that we have against people. Uh, lack of forgiveness, and that grieves the Holy Spirit. Or continual behaviors that, that grieve the Holy Spirit, that we keep doing something that we know we shouldn't be doing, and that God says, why do you keep doing that? Don't you know that that grieves me? You see, the Holy Spirit wants to remove our harmful attitudes. In fact, doesn't the Scripture say in Ephesians 4, don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember that he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit with continual harmful attitudes. If you've got a grudge against somebody today, and, and you even, you know, I've known that grudge, grudge holders don't admit they've got a grudge, but if you be honest today, and you've just got something against somebody Take communion. And as you take communion today, forgive them. Make the step. It may not change how they are, but it will change you, how you are. And it will release you. And you'll build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's time to drop some harmful attitudes. Today, at the end of our service, and I'm going to ask many of you to just gather and just to worship together for a while. Why don't you say, God, I just want to give these things to you that, that I think may be grieving you.
And you'll build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears. And he'll tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he has made known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I have said, the Spirit will receive from me and make it known to you. Are you ready to receive today? He wants to guide you to Jesus. He wants to bring up the things you need to hand over to Jesus. What thoughts and what directions do you need to say, you know what, God, I'm going to drop thinking about that all the time. I'm going to start thinking more about what you want. What voice are you listening to? There's a program on TV, isn't there, called The Voice. I wonder if you are listening to all sorts of voices and, and yet the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen, comfort and encourage you, build your faith, stretch you with his voice. I wonder what's causing him grief today. I wonder what he wants to bring up to the surface. I wonder if you'd stand with me. I'm going to ask the worship team just to come and we're going to spend just the last several minutes of our service just worshipping receiving and spending a little bit of time in worship and in a few minutes I'm going to ask you to kind of move from your seat so you've got a bit of space for yourself we're not finished yet because today it's important that you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you give us your thoughts? Holy Spirit, we want to hear your voice, that strengthening voice, that faith-stretching voice, that comforting voice, that voice that drops new things into our hearts, but those new things move us closer to you Lord we've, we've heard so many voices and we want to hone into yours Lord would you wash over our emotions today and would you teach us You want to bring us healthy emotions. So let's worship together just for a few moments. George, if you'll lead us.